You are creative. That is what excites me. That's what turns me on. And I am so proud of you. You know, there are a few times during this competition that you mentioned your parents. And it really touched me when you mentioned them. Because I think about kids around the world who don't feel that they fit in here or they fit in there or what box they're supposed to fit in. You've given them a, a roadmap. And I watched you in this competition grow and expand. I am so proud of you. And I know your parents are proud of you too. Because now they really understand what a gift you are to this world. Well, it is not a season of RuPaul's Drag Race without RuPaul's talking through tears. No, it's not. And, you know, I feel like we've gotten a lot of tears from RuPaul, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's, you know, the Emmys. Uh, But I, you know, I got to say this is a moment that whether it was produced or not, you know, we could really kind of suss out the susness of these tears. I think I think the gravity is worth it, uh, is worth the the emotions, because what RuPaul is saying and the, the phrase I want to pick out is you've given them a roadmap. This relates to the conversation that we heard in the workroom with Gottmik and the other contestants about, you know, people that they saw on TV. And I, I think what always gets RuPaul is people that don't fit in. Mm-hmm. And and needing a place to feel like they do fit in and um, promoting and having a, a, a person on TV like Cade is, I think, something that is in line with something very deep with RuPaul. Yeah. And I I mean, I think all of it thematically is is great. I just, you know, from the pure uh from the pure, I don't know, gravitas of it all, from the pure emotional standpoint of it all, I just felt like, oh, Rue, I, I, I just am not, maybe the problem is that Simone is doing it so well this episode that I have a point of reference. And I'm like, Rue, look what Simone's doing. Real tears. Um, that, you know, that's all. <laughs> that's all. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it might just be, Colin, because we've heard this cadence from RuPaul's tears before. Mm-hmm. You know, we've heard her go, uh, 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 and it was just up as up Like, we've heard that. And it so at that this point now, it feels forced, but it could just be very authentic and genuine. I mean, you know, to that point, it it does sound similar to when Rue would get choked up on what's the tea talking about the Wizard of Oz. Like it's that same bubble in the throat, that same kind of, uh, you know, the, the words start to get choked. Like it is that same thing. And I always assume that what's the tea is a more real Rue. But, you know, it's I, I think um, it's that thing. And it's that sort of like, you know, cynical way of looking at Drag Race. Of like, oh, here's RuPaul, like looking for that Emmy again. Like here's RuPaul hugging plastique and telling her she's going to be your mom now, you know? <laughs> Yes, and I think RuPaul understood this moment was actually a bigger step for Drag Race because it was saying something more unique. Uh, And this idea that she is, you know, there's a few times in this competition where you mentioned your parents and thinking about the parents of trans kids and then kids that are trans looking at Got Mick, 
I, I just think that hit RuPaul differently. And whether she was actually crying or not, I do feel like she felt the emotion. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think uh, I think all eyes were kind of on you know Rue and Got Mick this season because it felt like oh here is some you know not that Got Mick is cast in response to the Guardian article, but it feels more significant because of the Guardian article, and so it's right. a it's a relationship I'm I'm kind of been paying attention to the whole season you know versus like Rue's relationship with Candy where we're like we've seen we've seen Rue you know get her jollies from a queen like candy before you know mm-hmm. right and simone and oh absolutely and simone and we've also seen rue kind of um go into uh, interview mode the way she did with rose this episode before like you oh, know when, when a queen is not getting the job i know, you know i know you know i can't wait to jump into all of that later but you know more about uh got mick you know what what you said kind of struck something in me you know, with the Guardian article, and I know people keep pointing back to that, and certainly we had a very emotional response to that Guardian article. I remember back when, um, I think it was around like season nine or season ten. But I, I there, there was a recent interview with RuPaul that made me think of a different narrative here. So RuPaul recently had an interview and specifically talked about Gottmik and was asked about Gottmik. And basically Ru was like, yeah, I'm learning. I'm, uh, you know, the kids are teaching me and this is great, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and that's what's so great about drag. You know, she, she spun it in such a way. And I, I don't mean spun in a cynical way, but she, she, she turned the interview to be like, yeah, I know I'm learning. Oh my God. You know, blah, blah, blah. Instead of being like, I was so wrong for that guardian article, whatever. Cause she already did address the guardian article, right? right. In a statement. She already did that. But what I think is so interesting is that, um, we st- are still talking about the guardian article and yet it's so important to let people in our community who fuck up grow and change and learn and I feel like this season, RuPaul keeps screaming out, I'm learning. I, I'm seeing it. I'm getting it now. And this speech to Got Mick, I think, is part of that chapter of RuPaul and, you know, identity. You know, this kind of a, a different generation of, of drag, right? Um, and, and, and just letting the fans know, right? Like, here I am. This is good. This is important. I'm so proud of Got Mick. You know, she's a gift to the world. Yeah, and it is that thing where like somebody somebody shows the uh, the progress of of learning and growing and changing, and it's like not good enough. You said that thing in the Guardian. I I read it. I'm still upset about it. You know, and and so it's like at a certain point. I mean, like when I think of the number of bad takes I've had, you know, over the number of years, I'm so glad none of them were published in the Guardian. You know. Sure. Um, sure. And, 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 you know, I think it is kind of an interesting, I, I think, to move away from the sort of inflammatory response to the infamous Guardian interview. I think this narrative of like RuPaul expanding his point of view of like what makes Drag Race special or what makes Drag Race interesting. I think that in of itself is an interesting story, you know, like RuPaul was and I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I objectively understand what Ru was saying of like the the real fuckery of it all is to take these men and put and dress them up as women. I, it's a, it's a point of view and I get what he's saying, but I, uh, I almost think like, Oh, I'm, I'm glad we got to see the journey of growth from that. Cause I think that was, um, I think everybody kind of, you know, 
it's I, I don't learn something or at least kind of like you know saw that progression um you know meanwhile drag race thailand is like um we didn't need an interview we just right, right. we changed the catchphrase first yes right totally. but you know i appreciate that there is kind of this storyline in the drag race world of like rupaul expanding his mind and, and maybe even a lot of other people watching who may have agreed with rue i mean I, I can't tell you how much it it didn't affect the fuckery of the competition to have got mick in the cast this season I know, you know like, i know totally and and i know that it's never enough right like i just want to just point out that perspective it is never enough right there is going to be the point of view of like well you still don't have women on the show oh well you know you still don't have trans women on the show right like mm-hmm. it, there's still going to be that point of view and it's like uh, it, it, there, it, there's always going to be a line to pull, which is, uh, you know, I, I think uh, harsh and beautiful at the same time. I think it's what I love about gay people so much is that we're consistently wanting to push further. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I am so happy that Gottmik was on this season. And as RuPaul was saying in this speech to, to, to him was like, look, like this is, you are phenomenal. And I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah. And I uh, feel the same way. I feel like we, you know, we kind of kicked off the season feeling like, eh, got Mick. I don't know if I, I don't know if I get it. You know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm, I'm really intrigued by, by this drag. And um, it, it's one of those classic examples of like, I'm so happy to have been wrong because now by the end of the competition, I'm kind of like, yeah, I could see you winning. And I, I'd be I'd be happy about it, you know. Oh, I, totally. It, it would all make sense to me. So um, certainly, you know, uh, yeah, I I appreciate Got Mick in this competition because she made it uh, more unique and more exciting in a lot of ways beyond just being trans. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I just kind of wrote her off as this fashion queen, and right. and and you know, out of the woodwork, out of left field essentially um was one of the funnier people um in the cast and mm-hmm. uh yeah uh, and and it just kind of dawns on you it's like who was it like that we looked back and we're like whoa they were doing it was like aquaria i think where mm-hmm. you look back because we're not fashion people so i think that also has something to do with it right if i can speak for both of us you know that's not yeah. what what, that's not what excites us. That's not what turns me on, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's not how we sound when we hang out. Yeah. But, and I think when we look back, we're like, oh, wait a minute. He was doing like next level above some of these performers week mm-hmm. after week after week. And, you know, you just don't see it right away because that's not what turns us on. You know, we, yeah. we looked for the Tamishas and we're like, oh, fab, you know? Right. Right. And then here is, you know, sometimes you got to go back and you got to keep an eye on Jocelyn Fox, you know, (laughs) like it happens. It's fine. Totally. Well, Mary, uh, I think I think we should talk about this episode. And before we do, uh, let our Marys know what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which is, of course, our beady, beady little podcast dedicated to all things draggy, queeny, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny, and baby got Mick. (laughs) And I'm Colin, and whenever I leave an indelible mark, I just 
sneak out the back door and blame it on the dog. Did you just come up with that? Uh, did you just come up with that? She's got kids. Did you just come up with that? Um, yeah, I do have to say, like, RuPaul in, in the video message, all kind of Faye Dunawayed up, mm. saying, you know, whenever I leave it in Delvamark, I just sneak out the back door, blame it on the dog. I, I love that. I love that combination of, like, dirty jokes with, like, you know, high glamour. And, and that was just like a, 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 those video messages typically go in one ear and out the other for me. But that one really stuck out this week. That's like, uh, yeah, it's very John Waters, I feel like. Yes. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's this like nastiness um, to it. <laughs> right. Right. Like I, I see that joke living in the world of serial mom, you know, totally, totally. So, Mary, I, I want to talk about the report card because that's how this episode kind of starts out uh, between the four of them talking about the report card. And I know we've talked in previous episodes, maybe even last episode about uh, why why certain queens won over other queens. And this report card goes back to season nine. And I think season nine is when fans were like, wait a second, the report card didn't match my outcome. Shay should have won. And now we have a top four where you could see, with maybe one exception, maybe, um, you could see four paths to the crown. You have Simone who has four wins, but she's been in the bottom multiple times. Mm -hmm. You have... Got Mick, who has two wins, snatch game and the ball, and has never been in the bottom. Rose, never been in the bottom, has two wins. And then you have Candy with one win and has been in the bottom three times and literally has charmed the pants off of RuPaul. Like, loves that type of personality, that, that grit, that uh, nerve. Yeah, Candy, who's been <clears throat> winning the reality TV side of, of, mm -hmm. of the competition, um, you know, at least in RuPaul's eyes, I, I do, I hear you. I feel like, you know, there's the whole report card and as we get to the finale, it, it almost doesn't matter. Um, but I, yeah, I, to me, like Simone is an interesting track record. Like I, obviously she's got the four wins, but I, I kind of love the roller coaster of Simone mm. in this competition. I, I feel like it, it speaks to, uh, you know, something RuPaul said this episode of like, people seeing you fall down so they can see you get back up again. Like that's, that's how people fall in love with you. Yes. That's the storyline. Yes. They love that narrative. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Simone was, you know, inadvertently gave that perfectly this season, you know, by falling in the bottom a few times. Yeah. And it's, it goes back to this, like if you're in the finale, it, at this point, it doesn't even matter because you got there, you yeah. know, you just have to get there through fucking grit, Gumption, nerve, talent, like all of those things, right? Charisma, uniqueness. Charisma, uniqueness. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I feel like with Simone, right? Like she has that storyline, and obviously got Mick has the storyline. Rose, she's always been in the top. Candy is the interesting one. And here's my thing: I there are three people that I am now rooting for to win, and surprisingly, what most people don't wouldn't expect is that Candy is one of them. I would feel so satisfied, and I know that I'm crazy. This is an unpopular opinion because whatever, you know, don't come for me. This is my opinion. But, like, I would feel satisfied if Candy won because, first of all, we're in a pandemic year, right? Like, what mm. more chaos can we have 
than to crown a queen who only has one win and was in the bottom a few times with, you know, some questionable runway looks. But there's something about a candy win that would also piss off fans that I think would be so, to quote RuPaul, so punk rock. I mean, certainly it would be almost like the perfect conclusion to this season is then like, you know, I just, I mean, obviously yeah. people get upset about things every season, but I feel like <laughs> the the nerve that Candy hit, you know, just by being in this competition, I feel like you're like, and she won. Yeah. She you know, over, over queens like Got Mick and Simone who have been giving winners edits the whole season. Right. You know, right. and, and Rosé, who, I mean... I have zero expectation of winning. Same, same. And could totally win, but because of the other three characters, and I say characters very intentionally, mm-hmm. because of the other three characters, Rosé, I don't think is going to win. And and very well could, but there's evidence in this episode that suggests that Rosé is not going to win. I just want to say that why Candy should, like, if Candy won, it would be okay. Because here's my thing, Mary. This is my little, I'm going to go on a little soapbox thesis, right? I feel like there are going to be pieces of shit that say Simone only won because she's black, Got Mick only won because he's trans, Candy only won because she's fat, Rose only won because she's white. Now, all of those viewpoints, if you if one of them is valid, then all of them have to be valid. And if all of them are valid, then none of them matter. So that's why I'm like, yeah, that's th- that's why Candy should win. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> someone is always going to say that, of course. And it's kind of interesting that there is this, like, in terms of the four of them, like, there's four unique reasons why someone can, like, decide, oh, well, they're only crowning Got Mick because, you know, it's a trans queen, and they're only right. can- crowning Candy because she's fat and has a lisp, and RuPaul thinks she's funny, and Rosé is pretty and white, and Simone's black, and, like, it's all it's like a choose your own adventure book except all of those adventures just lead to like the last page you know where there's just like nothing you know tragedy you know and i gotta say like by by hearing even rupaul this episode say like don't read the comments you're a star it's almost like Girl, they're going to try to take this away from you no matter what. They're going to try to take away all of the fucking work that it took to get here and the work that you did in the middle of a pandemic on this show. And I feel like she's speaking to each one of these four queens. So if anybody's upset that their queen didn't win, that's that's the point of a competition. That's always going to happen. And if you're going to take away somebody's win because of their identity or what they look like, what the fuck is our community? Well, and I think that goes back to the statement of, like, don't read the comments. Because, like, all of this is also not 100% irrelevant, but largely irrelevant. You know, like, right. all of those opinions, oh, you know, because people are going to say things no matter what. And I think... By staying out of the comment section, I mean, we've talked about we've talked about social media so much this season, um, you know, I mean, which is a fitting when there's even a challenge dedicated to social media. But, you know, when you stay out of the comment section and you don't read any of it, then it doesn't really exist and it doesn't really do anything and it doesn't really fucking matter. And so I think it's like, you know, to your question of like, you know, then what the hell is our community? You know, I I am 
I don't believe, I don't know if I believe that there is a community. I think there's like a bunch of housing developments in a similar part of town, mm. you know, and I, um, or it's a theme know. park that people go and visit, right. From all different right. places. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, I don't think there is kind of a cohesive point of view. You know, I think that's something I've come to really take away is that when people say queer community, it's like, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's kind of like the supermarket. Yeah, it's all food, but there's a lot of different aisles, you know? Sure. Oh, for sure. And you know what? You got to stay away from the middle aisles, Mary. You got to stick oh, to the sides, you know? Girl, yeah, the rivers and the lakes, you know, that you're used to. You know, this kind of reminds me a little bit about uh, what they were talking this episode uh, where um, I think it was Got Mick was saying, you know, there was so much pressure for me to represent the trans community. And basically he was like, uh, you know, the best way to represent your community is just by being you. The pressure is unnecessary. And I feel like the fandom by being like, no, you took this away from her because she's black or you took this away from her because she's trans. Like all of that is way too much pressure for that one person to have, right? They do Mm -hmm. not just represent you because of one thing about them or what they look like or whatever. There's so much more than that. There's so much more to their drag that by minimizing them to that one identity is actually doing a disservice not only to the queen but to that community. And it's I think it's unfair for the contestants. And I understand. Like I see myself in you, and that's great. That's why they're on fucking TV, girl. But to to only say that about that queen i think is just minimizing them and i just love that we got so much this episode of basically reading between the lines fandom you got to calm down there's you're putting way too much pressure on them to represent you like that yeah well i mean i think that's like the understatement of the century is telling drag race fans to calm down and this is coming from us having done this podcast where we will excavate these episodes not very calmly so like if if i'm saying calm down like i don't know maybe it's hypocritical but you know (laughs) whatever uh yeah i it's uh i agree i i think you know there is there is that perspective of like you know, it's funny, as as much as we dig into this, like, it, it's always remembering that the outer layer of all this of, like, and it's just a TV show. And beady, beady little TV show. Yep. Beady, beady little TV show. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they kind of, you know, what's funny about that is, like, calm down fandom, but also, like, are you team Rosé? Are you team Candy <laughs> News? Are you team Got Mick? You have your voice heard. Like, right, right, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> the gag. The yeah. gag. For sure. Um, so we were kind of hinting at it before. Let's talk about Rosé. Rosé is very interesting to me because Rosé's verse, uh, I think, like, I love that she sung. I love she danced really well. And I, even though I couldn't hear one line of the rap, you know, she still she rapped also. She really did probably, in my mind, second best in the challenge. She's been killing it in terms of runways and her performances. She's been in the top, whatever. But there's there's a way that RuPaul talks to her this episode. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Tic Tac, you know, interviews are are a perfect example of this because I believe Rosé's came right after Got Mix. And obviously with Got Mick, it was just like a hoot and a holler. 
And, you know, they were having a great time and, you know, it was lots of laughs and lots of banter. And then, you know, and it really did feel like, you know, a job interview, you know, and it's oh, like, hey, in let's Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, where are your parents from? Oh, in Houston. Oh, oh. In Houston. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, like that's as deep as Rue went. And and then Rue saying, like, well, thank you for participating. Uh, you know? I mean oh, Dagger. Was, oh. And and you know what really kills me is because I have to I think that Rose Rose has said before that like she's been like very self-aware and like she's paying too much attention to what she's saying and probably is also paying a lot of attention to how the judges are reacting. And I think Rosé, dollars to donuts, knows that it's like, oh my God, I'm not winning these people over. Because there there was one moment that stuck out to me when she was talking about doing some kind of Christmas pageant or something as a kid and she had the solo or something. Mm-hmm. And then Rosé gives, yeah. yeah, and then Rosé gives this little, you know, if you will, deck the halls. Uh, and then Rosé gives this little giggle that I felt like, was like partially a nervous laugh and partially like a here's me being kind of loosey goosey and connect and you know giving you a connecting point and you kind of expect RuPaul to kind of jump on that laugh and kind of you know vibe on that instead it was like mm-hmm okay so Houston was that what you said your so your your family's not in Scotland anymore okay I just right. wanted to clarify it. okay right. so you right. haven't been doing drag very long you know like just <laughs> Like just going down the resume with her finger, you know? Totally, totally. Not even looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Behind those, those tinted lenses. It's like, oh, all right. You know? Um, You know, oh, for sure. The tinted lenses uh, made sense with Rosé here. I mean, she really cut down the rose bush, Mary, when she said, thank you for participating. Thank you for sacrificing your life to do this. You know, it was just, it was as if this exchange, it was as if she was thanking Rosé for doing them a favor right. and that was it yeah it was like you know thank you for watching my dog while i was away on vacation you know like thank mm-hmm. you for for doing my taxes for me this season you know it just it cold. was it was cold and you know i felt like i could really feel especially after got mick you know got mick was you know leaving them laughing like walking out and they're all laughing and she's still you know just they're all having a great time and then mm. with rose it was like okay um all right, like I'm, I'm gonna go. All right, well, ciao. Uh, anything? Like, give me something here. And oh, Rue, I know. Like, when it was it, Rue was Miranda Priestly. It was very that's all. Right, and who knows? Maybe that interview was you know longer, and there were other moments. But they are choosing to show us this after exactly. that joie de vivre moment with Got Mick. I mean, RuPaul laughing way too hard at that iTunes joke. Right. There was there was something else that was going on here. I mean, to the point where RuPaul was like, your brand allows your intellect to describe your sense of humor. I mean, these are high compliments about her drag. And then it goes to Rosé and it's like, wow, you did really well. Yeah. Well, you you you, when you're asked to do something, you do it. And totally, totally. You're, you're dependable. You're the yeah. total package, right? Like, I feel like that is, they're really nice things to say. And let me tell you, having RuPaul tell you you're the total package is not a small compliment. I'm just saying it's not the winning compliment. Yeah, RuPaul talks to Rosé as if she's a Toyota Camry. You know, it's like, you're dependable. I can trust you to get me where I need to go. You got a cup holder, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm not excited, but I am, I am, you know, given what I needed. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I mean, I, I got to say this just just so that our, our, our listeners know. So I love Rosé. I, I've been rooting for Rosé since the beginning. And then seeing her edit, it's like, uh doesn't translate to TV, like Brita Filter kind of thing. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate. I was there for Rosé's first, if not first, then like one of her first performances in the basement of the Ace Hotel during a like Tony Awards watch party. And I got to tell you, like there wasn't much to her drag. Like she wasn't wearing this like gown or interest. It was like something from H&M, right? What she was wearing. But she mm. killed she was one of the best, if not the best, performers that night. And I, I, I just – if you get to see Rosé perform, you're going to get an expert show. And it just sometimes doesn't translate to Drag Race in the sense that we need heart. We need pathos. We don't need the story. We need the storyline of, oh, my parents love me and support me because I think that's really important for people to hear, right? Like mm-hmm. this is still good. We still celebrate this. There are people that we're not just this community that's like abused by our parents, right? Like there is still this and they can be successful and they're fabulous, all of that. So it's not that we don't need that storyline. It's just that on drag race, I feel like what they um, want to show is that rags to riches storyline more often than not in some way. Yeah, I think that's what Candy and Simone have been giving them. It's really that kind of, you know, that Leonard Cohen thing of like the cracks are, you know, how the light gets in, you know, and I think that's how RuPaul sees them is like, no, I want to see some cracks because that's how I get to see, you know, who you really are. And I think that's why, you know, especially I think why Candy Muse has really appealed to RuPaul is because Candy feels, you know, like there's like she wears her cracks proudly, you know. Mm. Oh, oh, we got we got a fingers of drag race point from RuPaul. Oh, I <laughs> that down. It was yeah, when cuz Candy says everything I've been made fun of for has been celebrated here and RuPaul points and almost whispers, that's it. Yes. That's it. That's 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 it. That's it was it. I I that's that's it. That's it. You know, I love it. That's Andy is such an obscure Drag Race Thailand I reference. Like, I uh, feel like I, like, between that and you got to give it to her Biella, which mm-hmm. is like, I, you know, again, we have to make these references. But yes. I just it's like sometimes I want to call it was like, this is for like the three people who remember that from Drag Race Thailand. Yeah, right. Please go watch Drag Race Thailand. Find a way. I I know Kula Korn found a way to put season one back on with his translations. Please go. Please watch Drag Race Thailand season one and season two. They're so good. And you'll see the reference. uh, You got to give it to Biella and you'll see the reference of that's Annie. (laughs) Yeah. Both are in season one. Not that you shouldn't watch season two, but right. yeah, I mean, season Biella, two is accessible. So. Se- yeah, season, yeah, season, yeah, but season one is, uh, oh. yeah, Biella. Got to give it to her, Biella. I, I oh. love that because she, yeah, that was her thing. You got to give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> got to give it to her, Biella. It's so random. Right, right. Um, it is so random. Pizza Queen Biella, for sure. Oh, Biella. You know, girl, we have to go back and do Drag Race Thailand again. I like agree. Drag Race Thailand, you know, electric, you know, two electric boogaloo. Like I just, <laughs> there's more to say. Uh, so yeah, so we got that finger with candy, and you know, I think I, I love the exchange between RuPaul and and Candy for that point with the pointing, um, and then also the, do you really hate the pockets look? And RuPaul just 
being like not being mean about it, being like, well, it was almost bad enough to be good again, girl. But like they both right. knew that you and I both know you didn't know or understand the concept of this look. Yeah. And I kept thinking about the designer, you know, who we talked about last week. Like mm. imagine like it's so rare I think to have such extended commentary on a look that I just feel like I guess being more aware now that so many of these are designers looks like mm. to to watch another episode and to see it brought up again. And I think it's also brought up by Candy. It's not just the judges going and girl, you come out in that look. It's Candy saying, yeah, I didn't love that look. I did not feel pretty <laughs> in it. Like they all shit on it. She doesn't even stand by it. So <laughs> there, you know, there is something iconic about that. Like, I, I think the designer has treated it that way. But yes, um, I think that's smart, too. If you're a designer, it's like, well, I'm just going to put this trash on the runway. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. You have to, like, call out the stain and you got to be like, yep, yep, you bet. <laughs> yep, I took a shit. <laughs> yeah, I left a mark. Wasn't a dog. <laughs> it was me. It was me. <laughs> Uh, so the other interview that we didn't really touch on too much uh, is Simone. And we've seen this exchange before of, you know, the inner saboteur and uh, RuPaul, you know, basically pulling a Katya moment here with Simone and blowing her mind. Right. Yeah. The you can access this when you're not in drag and your shyness is what's keeping you down. And I think unironically, Simone was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, the the shyness is a crutch and excuse to not really spread your wings. I was like, okay, that I have not really heard Rue say before, you know, and spot the fuck on. I mean, mm -hmm. RuPaul has said before, like, you know, that power you have in drag, you can access out of drag. You know, it's funny about that moment as I feel like Simone's mind was blown by the shyness comment, but Simone has heard the power in and out of drag before. And so RuPaul's like, well, now I'm going to blow your fucking mind with something else. How about this? And then Simone's like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, that one, not so much mind blown. Yeah. Uh, well, I knew that. Yeah. yeah, that, I knew that. Yep. I've been kind of, I read that book. Yeah. So, uh, but. I, guru, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read Guru. Yeah. Uh, unaudible. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think Simone, uh, with, with that comment, uh, the shyness thing, there is a difference between between being an introvert and being shy because you know obviously an introvert is very powerful well, you know there's books written about that but mm -hmm. i think what rupaul here is talking about is shyness like shyness is a lack of confidence that's what that is and i i, I you know it it's a it's a trait that i think is developed not something that comes innately does that make sense absolutely yeah you you kind of learn to be shy in a way even though if it, even though it can start at such a young age you're like i don't know where i learned like i was an incredibly shy kid and i haven't i have no idea what gave birth to that but it just was a reality and i still feel it in my life today like i well, definitely heard that and it was like oh that is hmm, i think i needed to hear that thank you're you you're shy i've i've known you a very long time you're shy in certain situations yeah and and not if you were shy all the time then i'd be like oh you're not shy you're just this is this is something else about you but mm -hmm. the fact that you're only shy in you know this situation versus another i'm like yeah there's something that's triggered in you or at you access when you're here or when you're not here you know yeah and i've you know Amen. It's like, oh, there's some situations where I am just like, you know, I'm smooth like Irish butter. And then there's other days where I just like can't. 
you know, and other situations where I can't. So I, and, and I think, you know, to, you know, as much as it's fun to talk about me, you know, with Simone, I, what I kind of, what I find fascinating is to see a queen like this who has just been such a superstar the whole competition and has just shined like literally with that beautiful skin and to then find out, oh, and you're actually really shy underneath all of that is, I mean, fascinating. And I think RuPaul yeah. loves, you know, also kind of loves that, that like you, you overcome shyness to be Simone. Mm. You don't overcome shyness to be Cameron Michaels. You overcome shyness to be Simone. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Definitely. I, you know, the, the idea that Simone, she said, Simone is the me I didn't allow myself to be as a kid. She's, she's the confidence, you know, she's the je ne sais quoi. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it, it, it harkens back to an unpopular opinions episode we had where it's like, it's not, we're not, it's not Simone's character. It's the show kind of pointing to it, but it doesn't matter. It's, it, it doesn't matter. This character is who Simone wants to be when she's in drag. This is the character that Simone wants to be when she's strong. This is who Simone is. This is who Reggie is deep down inside to be strong. And I just love, love seeing it. And I think that's why I love Simone because I do see her shyness in the workroom, this like nerdiness. And yeah. then when she is on the, on the runway, it's, it doesn't matter the character. It's just confidence. It's this beauty that just emanates from her and why I keep going back and forth of who's going to win this competition. It could very well be got Mick. It could very well be Simone. And that's why I'm like, Oh, just give it to candy. <laughs> right. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, we did talk about that in an Unpopular Opinions episode about, like, Simone's character, like, the characters and kind of feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, it feels a bit put on. But I think as... Well, well, I think it's more of what the show is promoting. Not that she's putting it on, because they all put it on, but it's the show being like, this is successful. Does that but make I, sense? Yeah, yeah. I just, I think that, like, I, it also doesn't, especially after this episode, I feel like the more that I've really seen and appreciated Reggie, the more I think to what your point is, is like, I'm, I really appreciate the Simone character because now I'm seeing both. Now I'm seeing the connection. And I think that was maybe where I was stuck earlier. was like, I feel like Simone slips into Simone and I'm like, but I don't see, I, I still want to see Reggie in the same way that I want to see Ben behind Bendela. And mm -hmm. I felt like this week, I it all kind of clicked for me. I was like, I'm seeing Reggie, I'm seeing Simone, I'm I'm seeing the 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 combination here. I'm seeing how it works. I'm seeing how they speak to each other. Like it just, uh, you know, it, it's that thing that happens every season. Is that like you really can't judge a queen's storyline until you get to the end of the season because it's right. like, yeah, they're not going to tell you everything three episodes in. Mm -hmm. You know, like, thinking of Drag Race UK season two, it's like. The way I felt about a horror season one was so or episode one was so different from how I felt by the end because they're totally. not going to show us everything. You yeah, know? and Bimini too, right? Oh my God, perfect yeah. example. It's like yeah. who, who and what I thought Bimini was episode one with tape on their ass versus what Bimini became by the end. Yeah, just you know, uh, night and day and night all over again. Yeah, I gotta say this was one of if not the most successful top four episodes I have seen in a very long time, maybe since season four, or excuse me, season nine. I don't know why I said four, because uh, mm. they had a top four uh, with Pep. But right. this was probably 
like arguably one of the best, if not the best. And it had two elements that I think made it that way besides the cast, because the cast is obvious. And I want to talk about the challenge, because I think the challenge is certainly one of the main reasons. But the other one was the speeches that they gave to their younger selves. Mm-hmm. For, for whatever reason, this episode, they popped different. Um, you know, obviously, like, Cade's moment talking to his younger self, like, that, that is a moment, Mary, right? When you think about it, right? The, the, the audacity to do that, which, you know, it's, it's taboo now, in, at least on the left, to, do, to, to, to have that kind of happen, which is why RuPaul had to say, you gave us permission to show yeah. this childhood photo, right? And then you have, I, I loved Candy's moment of, you're cunt, bitch, you always been cunt. Like, Candy, this drag queen, dressed the way she is, saying that to that, <laughs> that sweet that little, little boy in that photo. That little goose, it, with that paint backdrop that we all know. <laughs> If you don't have yes. that paint backdrop in your own life or in in a in a friend, like you, we you all know that paint backdrop. It's practically like the neon laser lights backdrop, you know. With her saying, imagine like they're in person, right? Like her talking to a three-year-old. You're come, bitch. You always been come, right? Well, and what I love about that, what I love about that moment in particular is like leading up to that, her voice started to kind of break, and mm. we got a bit of candy talking through tears. And I have to say, like there was. There was a lot said in what she didn't say in the pause when she said, you know, uh, before she said, like, potentially going to jail, you know, like, Mm -hmm. there was a lot that Katie was kind of messaging of, like, there were a lot of paths I could have gone down that would have been all wrong. And, like, at some point, I had to make a choice about that. And I just, again, I think the narrative with Candy, I think, really, now that we're at the last episode, I, I do appreciate that. I appreciate that, like, you know, say what you will about, you know, Candy's looks or blah, 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 or, you know, the kind of producing whatnot. I think the the person, I think Kevin, you know, Kevin, uh, I think the narrative of Kevin behind Candy, similar to Reggie behind Simone, is really interesting and really powerful. And, mm. um, you know, is Candy my pick to win? No. Do I think Candy is an interesting person on television? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the other speech... You know, I know I know it got you the same way it got me. And I don't mean got Mick. Mm. Uh, is Reggie's speech. This I, I just want to read it because I, I think it's worth repeating because it's so beautiful. You're going to grow up and you're going to believe all the things that people say about you. That there's something wrong with you. That you can't be black and gay. That you can't be feminine and successful. But you're gonna, uh, but you're gonna hate yourself. Please don't make the mistake I did. Love yourself, and then you're gonna go and live your dream one day and meet someone who inspired you, and she's gonna call you a star, and you're gonna do everything they said that you couldn't do, and you're gonna be great. RuPaul barely keeping it together was me barely keeping it together. Oh, it was <clears throat> probably one of the best top four talk to your younger self speeches oh. that we've ever had. It was the so tears, powerful. Oh, oh. so powerful. It was Simone is probably, and I'm happy to go back and do the math on this, probably the best talking through tears of Drag Race. Like, 
and and it's again i i love talking through tears not to minimize like somebody's real human emotions but i'm just fascinated by that i love watching people experience emotions or work through emotions and i love the <clears throat> the tension of someone talking through tears you know mm. and, are they going to keep it together right Can they keep talking yeah. yes yeah all of that and and just and again it's also like somebody i think talking through tears is also so i mean maybe it's more RuPaul performative or maybe, you know, it's, it's, you know, in general, like so vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. like it is, it's, I, and I think it's just like fascinating. Cause I, I think, you know, you, you think about yourself and you think about like starting to cry and talking through tears, like to me, that's when I become my most unfiltered, you know? And I think that's how I felt about Simone here. And I think throughout this whole competition, there has been this narrative of Simone and Reggie and, and little Reggie and, um, you know, Reggie throughout the years, Reggie with the, with the punk friends, you know, who, mm. who you know, they listen to Paramore, like that, that kind of, you know, inspiration. Um, I think back to an early episode of, of, I think Simone won a challenge and she said something about like kind of letting all the little, little gay Reggie's out there or gay Regina's, you know, it was like kind of representing for them. Like, I just think that there has always been this through line of Simone and Reggie. And I just, uh, that speech, I think it all came together so beautifully. Oh, completely. The narrative of Reggie is also very unique on Drag Race. We haven't really, maybe Jada, I don't know. I can't remember Jada's kind of story. But the fact that Reggie found this house and then they moved to Los Angeles together from fucking goddamn Arkansas. Like, that's just an interesting story. And then Reggie to be this, like, nerd and, you know, I don't know. There's there's something very unique about that on television. Not that that's a unique story in general, but, like, I just think it's on television now that they're telling it is really, I don't know, fucking phenomenal, you know? Um, And I I welcome it. I just love Reggie's Drag Race now. Reggie's Drag Race, honestly, I just, that, and I think really, like, I, Got Mick is incredible, but I think for me, it's the Reggie of it all that puts Simone over the top for me. Like, I think that's what excites me about a, about a contestant is seeing all of that kind of humanity, you know? Mm. And, and it's interesting, right, in comparison to, say, like, a Bianca Del Rio, where, like, we saw a different narrative, a different humanity, but we didn't get this kind of, like, you know, uh, you know, the, the the trials and tribulations of young Roy, you know, mm. um, you know, but and, and and I still appreciate Bianca as a winner and as a contestant. But I see I see the thesis of of the show and of what RuPaul is looking for is like what what I want you to do is show me the human side and show me the superstar side and then like show me how the pieces fit together. Like I I get why. RuPaul wants to see them cry. Like I get it. Like I yeah. understand it does seem a little bit like cry for me, but I understand the narrative behind it, you know? Well, because you want it to be genuine, right? Like when when Simone was in that confessional saying, I love me and I can say that, I can say that now. That that truth, it was like a capital T truth that came through, a breakthrough that we witnessed on TV, right? It didn't feel like it was forced. It was like, oh my God, this queen is coming too. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that that little talking through tears, that moment of like, I love me, and I can say, and I can say that, and then her face starts to break, and I was like, oh, oh. Like, and she's alone in a room talking to a screen, yeah. right? Like, oh God. Oh, oh, I just, you know, the actress sexual in me is just, just coming. 
everywhere. Mm, you're coming everywhere. Okay. Uh, Mary, we're going to take a quick little break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the main challenge and then make some predictions about what's going to happen. I'm a gay-ass bitch. I'm Joey J. Um, Mary, we have to talk about a couple of things before we get into the main challenge. First, I want to talk about Candy's ghost. Did you notice it? Candy's ghost? Oh, you didn't. Well, maybe give me another hint, and then maybe it'll maybe it'll it'll spook me. It'll spook a memory. So, Candy had a notebook in front of her, and that's when you saw Candy's ghost. Is this should it, would this be similar to Mozart's ghost in the Mozart's net? ghost? Candy's no, Mary. Ghost. Candy's ghost. No, this was uh, Candy talking about her lyrics or whatever. And if you see. The the wind is blowing in the workroom. And I say wind with quotes because we all know it was a fucking ghost. Um, her, oh. The pages of her notebook are moving without Candy touching them. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky Ooh. muse. Yeah. Spooky muse. <laughs> Spooky muse. <laughs> Spooky Muse. Oh, God. Spooky Muse. (laughs) Well done, Mary. Thank you for that. So, Spooky Spooky Muse made. Let's say. Oh, Spooky Muse. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, it was a, a moment that I thought we should just recognize that there are ghosts, they are real, and we captured it on television. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. She's got ghosts. Holy shit, she's got ghosts. She's got ghosts. And every time I say that, I point, you know? Like, yeah, I you point, gotta, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, my yeah. God, she's got ghosts, right? She's got ghosts. Candy wants a boat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Candy wants a boat. And, well, and didn't Candy, she ended up buying, does Candy have lesbian moms? Because I heard her saying that she said she bought her moms, like, a, a trip. And I, and we met Candy's, one of Candy's mothers, if there's two, in in the um, untucked video and like no shade but i was getting a delicious lesbian vibe and so mm-hmm. i i have to dig into this but i would i i swoon at the idea that candy's got lesbian moms uh, for sure she's got lesbian moms yeah. she's got lesbian moms you know the other thing that uh you know a stick out moment you know because we always say like if you don't make these references you're going to lose these references i appreciate uh, candy with the marbles making the showgirls reference. I just want to just point mm-hmm. that out. That's so important. As important as Ross making the Liz Taylor reference that I now know because of you last week, Colin. I have my hand on my hip about that. We did talk about that off the air, and I was shocked that you didn't know the White Diamonds reference. Have you <laughs> since watched the commercial? I did. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? The music. Yeah, the the sort of Paul Meadows of it all. Yeah. Oh, Paul Meadows. Uh, yeah. Please welcome to the stage, Paul Meadows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this performance is a breeze. And uh, so, uh, I, I, I to that point of making references early in the episode when they were talking about how many wins they had, and and Simone is like trying to remember, and Candy says, "Just say four. I oh. feel like that reference to just say talk. Just say talk. Yep. Just say talk. Oh, absolutely. You know, the references are really important. Um, Love them. But Mary, I want to talk about this main challenge. I'm going to say something bold. Why not? This is 
in my opinion, one of the best, it, it might not be the best song, right? Obviously, you know, Bing Bang Bong, UK Hun mm. is probably a better bop. But this was not a bad bop. This was a great song. And the the video for it was so successful. It was the the best, I'm going to say it, it was the best top four produced video. Yeah, I mean, A, I, I was glad that it wasn't an onstage performance. I was excited Same. that it was a produced video. And I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't disagree. I think it was, if not the best, it was certainly one of the best, if I'm forgetting yeah. one. Well, but, the other one is uh, Kitty Girl. I think that one, because of Candy, oh, so, sorry, not Candy, Kennedy uh, and Trixie during those verses, you had, you know, yeah. I don't know. That was those a pretty that, good one. It was all a single take. I mean, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. BB's legs, you know. Oh my God, uh, BB's legs! Oh my God, of course. BB's legs. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this video. I thought the song was fun. I I didn't understand why Candy was at a bus stop. Like I loved that there was a mailbox in in, in Candy's little set. But you know, it was like she's got mail. <laughs> I just, uh, it's throwback to AOL days for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was it was really fun. I mean, I, I I don't know if I understood why the pit crew were beekeepers, but it didn't matter. I think that they were calling to an era. It certainly felt it just felt very kind of mod, very um, it, which which fit the uh, the aesthetic of the song. This kind of like Duffy meets uh, who's that? A Megan Trainer meets that mm -hmm. like. You know, Motown feel. Um, you know, it wasn't a bad song. I liked it. It's not one that, you know, I think I'm going to be singing like Kitty Girl or Bing Bang Bong. But I really liked it. I thought it was fresh. And I got to say, the fact that they dressed them, I think, was a, a really big help. Right? Mm -hmm. They gave them these mm -hmm. costumes. They were all we we didn't watch them like stumble during the filming. So it was highly edited dancing and highly edited video spots. The vocals were obviously highly edited and helped. And they had these great lights and sets. And I just thought it worked. I thought it was really, really entertaining. So much better than this like main stage thing that they try to do. Yeah, and well, and you know, when you think about it, right, it's like, yes, it's a challenge. And, and you know, we wanna kind of see who does the best in this challenge. But like so many of these things, they're also producing something to sell later. Like this is, they're now, you know, creating a music video and creating a song to download on iTunes. And I feel like to bring it back to Drag Race Thailand, I think that was something that, I, I don't remember if it was like, we had talked about this thing with certain challenges where like, they want it to be a good show. Yeah. They want it to be entertaining. They want to show it at its best. So unlike other challenges where they, they kind of highlight when a queen stumbles because they need to tell that story, I feel like especially at this stage in the competition and for a something like this, to show to show a queen stumbling in this music video, to quote to quote the to quote the Colette, what a waste, you know, mm. because like then this video that they're hoping will go viral and people will, you know, give the same treatment that they gave to Bing Bang Bong, then it's always going to have this flaw in it, you know? Mm. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, yeah. you, you want it to be something to sell. You want it high quality. And I know that, you know, uh, in at least in season nine, like I don't remember the song, which is kind of a problem, but I do remember Sasha. <gasps> 
I was just going to say, if you do not say Sasha climbing out from from the stage and like the music at that moment, mm. it was just this like incredibly perfect one. Like that is I mean, that would be a fun episode is like we've done fingers of Drag Race, but there's like micro moments of Drag Race. You know, like it's crazy, right? With Alexis Mateo is a micro moment, <laughs> but Sasha Valore climbing out from behind the stage, you know, at the very beginning of that song is mm. one of my favorite favorite micro moments in the entire series sure and meanwhile we're talking about sasha valore but everybody also loves shea coulee during that challenge uh -huh. uh, because of her rap so like there are th that one is also like a top three for me if it's kitty girl lucky and whatever that song was is it um god i hear it in my head it's like whispering uh god is it the real it's not the realness I can't remember it. Oh, I may have been the realness, but also, I mean, I think we the one, if we're going to talk about like, top four number, I mean, I think for the for the U.S. series, if we're counting all-stars, Read You, Wrote You is kind of considered. And that has- Oh, yeah, that's all-stars. Yes, right. Because yeah. we said uh, season three is all-stars mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So we're talking about all-stars and uh, main seasons. But, you know, I do think season nine's main season song at the end, let's see, what was it? Category is- yeah. Category, category is, is. yeah yes. you know i i didn't that's i mean I, that's a one i'll go back and watch you know but but in particular i'm probably watching for for sasha and shay i mean peppermint's great and trinity's pretty good in it but i think eh, like what i come back for is sasha yeah. and that's shay yeah right 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 no absolutely um because peppermint didn't she have the like p to the p to the or that was detox but i do think didn't peppermint say like bitch you know the rest that was peppermint yes yes, yes. that happened as well um yes yeah uh i always remember her saying something like sweet and chocolatey i always remember that that's what always sticks out to me um uh, i don't know minty sweet and chocolatey and i'm like mint and chocolate ugh. I, I do Andy. love minute. What are you talking about? Have you never had an Andes or an After Eight? Come on, man. Uh, an After Eight. I'm in bed by then, please. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. Sacrilege. I can't believe you don't like mint and chocolate. Are you kidding I, me? I know. Like thin. I like. I like a thin mint out of the freezer. You know? <gasps> we just lost a thousand listeners, Mary, because of this. How dare you? How I know. dare you? <laughs> I know. I know. I am. I just figured I'm gonna have a fire sale on cancellations. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, I th this so this song worked for me for all those reasons. Obviously, Jamal choreographing it, you know, instead of like Todrick, who I think Todrick pushes a little bit too hard. I think Jamal is more of like, all right, let's highlight your strengths, right? That's yeah. a different style of choreography. Um, I think that helped. I thought Simone's verse was charismatic. I don't think it was the best one. There was just a lot of ah uh, to me during it. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, I. I don't remember the individual queen's verses as much as I remember the chorus. Like, oh, sure. Okay. The chorus is is super catchy and like they all perform it really well, but the individual verses, I think what maybe stuck out to me the most or stuck with me the most was Rose rapping. I didn't, I love it. But agreed. I, I, agreed. I thought it was you know, intelligible for the most part. And then the second watch, I got the first phrase. I still don't know what the second phrase was. I even went on Instagram and asked on in the comment section, which I guess you're not supposed to do. Nobody answered me because oh. either they like didn't like that I was saying something pseudo-negative. It wasn't even negative. I thought she did great. I thought like she 
was the best mover. I love that she said the word daddy when she sung. I love that she sung. Daddy, the way that she sung daddy fit the fit the song. It fit the mood of the song. That's why I also like loved Rosé. But then when that last rap part, I'm like, girl, what? No, eh, you're dancing too fast now. Right. And, you know, it was really interesting to watch. Like we saw Jamal trying to get her to just kind of loosen up with that choreography Mm. at the end and then kind of seeing the final product. Like it was just such a a kind of micro example of Rosé of like, She's being told, like, relax, like, it, not everything is a step. There's not an eight count to everything, you know, like, just ease into it. And we kind of, it, but it's kind of fascinating to, you know, there's this narrative of, like, seeing Rosé try to be less perfect and to show those vulnerabilities that come more naturally to a Candy or um, Simone. It's so weird to hear because, again, I hate to be that guy, but, like, if you see Rosé live, it is raw as fuck. It's yeah. so that's interesting. Like it, that's it's it's an interesting comparison that like you know in reality Rose is super raw and I think that was you know I mean she she was called uncooked chicken this episode so I guess she's a little <laughs> raw. The idea like the the idea of calling someone unseasoned or uncooked chicken I love that I think that's so funny. Um, <laughs> but but certainly uh, you know baby it was hard oh, to see baby. her. Baby, because I mean, baby, uh, baby, baby, mama, baby, mama. It's that movie, baby, mama. Uh, uh. I didn't really see it come through. Yeah. So my favorite verse was Got Mick. Got Mick won for me. Got Mick was the best mover. She, I could hear all the words. I thought the words were great. Uh, the idea of like, you know, uh, mama says you're born naked and the rest is drag. Like all of that. Got was the most natural to me. Mm. And and that I think is awesome because Gottmik is the one besides Candy that like I think had trouble moving and doing this like, you know, singing rap stuff. Um and you know, Candy's was fine. Um I, I don't think the the movement wasn't as natural, but I just I I was so charmed by the visualization of it all. Um but I think the weakest were Simone and Candy and then Rose and then Gotts was the best. Mm. Well, that was one of my questions is who do you think won this challenge? Um, God. Yeah. God, especially with the runway. Uh, yeah. So like, let's, let's put the two together. So I hear you. I feel like, yeah, got Vic. I was, I, I like forgot, I forgot that got, you know, had, I forgot that got, got stuck doing, doing choreography. Like I forgot about that. I just saw her, you know, really killing it in the challenge. And then on the runway, uh, let's see, got Mitz, I'm like blanking on got Mix look. The spotted she cow face. look, polka dots. Oh, Sorry. of course. Please oh, welcome to the stage.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I liked, I liked her runway. <laughs> I liked Trixie. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really smart. I thought it was, uh, interesting and very graphic, which I always look for. It was, um, it was high camp. It was a gown, but it wasn't a gown, which I love. Sure, sure. To like take a classic silhouette and then to change the narrative of it. Certainly, I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, I think in terms of the runway, you know, I I saw other people maybe on the subreddit commenting this about Rose that like there's always just like something like a little off. Like what you know the the dress makes you look bigger than you are. The sleeves don't really match the be- the belt. Like it's a, and those little details do matter, right? You're in top four, and and there's also that element of like, well, we've seen you do the tartan before, and we've seen you do it better. 
So, you know, <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, there was something a little off. I think it was the hair. I know she loved the hair and I love the color, but there was it was a little flat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I, you know, I thought it was great. I thought hers was second place for me. Third place was Simone's. Um, I thought it was I didn't think it was a gown. It was a dress. And I think she treated it like it was a gown because of the big sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I there was something about it that just didn't work for me. Hmm. Okay. I liked it. I thought she looked great, but I think at that point I was just like, oh, Simone, you could <laughs> come out here in a diaper, you know? And then Candy's, you know, I thought Candy looked great. It was very Candy. Um, it was this, like, 60s Austin Powers girl. Um, but I, it, compared to, and this has been Candy's theme, um, compared to some of the other looks on the runway, uh, it wasn't the best what I read on the subreddit, which I don't really go on to very much, but I was like, oh, let's just see if there's any details. Apparently, this look was originally Candy's sheer look. But, uh, you know, when they had the that was, you know, a couple years ago when they did that runway. And apparently the gown that she wore, the red gown that she wore on that challenge was her finale dress for the, you know, or oh. uh, that she used. Uh, so oh, wait. I think I'm so she used her finale dress for the train runway. And okay. so I don't remember what she there was a sheer like there was a sheer runway, right? Am I making that up? Was that mm, right? I don't Stuff remember. That's okay. Sheer, I don't remember. In any event, I guess it doesn't really matter. This was not her original um okay. runway. All right. And so it is interesting when Candy the says, Oh, Candy glamour or gowns. It's like, well, you were gonna do a gown. But you're <laughs> So candy do do glamour and gowns. You and I both know you didn't yeah. mean to do this. Um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It, it, the runway doesn't really count because of how much help they have preparing for the season because of the, the, the wrenches that they throw their way and whatnot. I just think it, it at the end of the day, if there are points, it, it's not much. Yeah, I think, you know, unless they're making the look themselves, I don't judge the runway that strongly because Same. it's kind of like, well, you know, it, it, it this is it's so this subjective. Is, yeah, this is kind of reflective of a lot of other elements, you know, like than money, just like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was not, I would say in general, like overall, maybe I was expecting a little, a little bit more from this final runway, but I don't know. It was a long season, so maybe they just ran out of stuff. There you go, Mary. I mean, it very well could be that. I, I doubt it, but like, also, it was a long season. You know, yeah, it was a long season. Um, I, I, I'm wondering if you want to make some, you know, predictions on where you think the show is going to go, who you want to win, and then you know, maybe we uh, pack it up, pack it in. That yeah, song. yeah, <laughs> I know around. that song. Yeah, I know that song from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, you ate my begonias. So I, my okay. So I think, I think the top two. We've probably said this before. Is is Gottmik and Simone? I think at this point, either one of them could win this season. I I think about what RuPaul said to Lawrence Cheney in Drag Race UK. You know, where it felt like, okay, it's between Lawrence and Bimini. Like, there was that same sense. And people were, I think there was almost a similar excitement about Bimini and Got Mick. And maybe a similar, maybe not necessarily a similar feeling about Lawrence and Simone. But 
early on, like there was that sense of like, oh, mm-hmm. this is Lawrence's cha- competition. This is Simone's competition, you know, and then we saw them falter a few times. But the one thing that RuPaul said to Lawrence and said to Got Mick was, I'm charmed by you. And mm-hmm. I just thought, ooh, that's an interesting, like, hmm, I wonder if there's a through line there. So I, I think I want Simone to win, but I could see the world where Got Mick wins and I wouldn't be disappointed, but I would be like, oh, okay, let me just adjust in my seat for a second, you know? Sure, sure, you gotta adjust your baby seat. Yeah, I gotta adjust my baby seat because the strap's too tight, you know? So I have some some hypotheses. So if it is in fact gonna be the, you know, bracket challenge of lip syncing, and it comes down to lip syncing only, right? Like season nine, like they've done in the past, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is very likely. Um, granted, I have not heard any spoilers, any tea about the finale. I just know that it's in two weeks and I know that it's live. Um, so, or live meaning in front of an audience. Mm, so good. Um, yeah, it's uh, somebody took a picture of the theater and sent it, sent it my way. So it's, it's there, but. If it is a lip syncing challenge, the top two are – Mary, do not come for me. This is my hypothesis. It's going to be Simone versus Rosé. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let In me tell you. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And let me tell you. Rosé is going to kill it. I mean, you make a very good point, Is especially when we saw this last lip sync this week, this Whitney Houston lip sync. And I, I'm glad I found out that, like, Simone was paying tribute to Whitney with that handkerchief. I was <laughs> yes, like, I did, did you steal that towel from New York Sports Club? What, what, what is that? What, are you, what do you got there? You got a that cold? That towel? Girl? Oh, girl, yeah. put it around your neck. Just put it around your neck. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, make a dress out of it, you know? Um, so I, I, but, but, but. One of the things that really stood out to me with this lip sync is, is A, Candy did that thing again. That, that like, that crying face thing. Uh-huh, that, yeah, the crying I, thing. That, that thing, that, like, ah, 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 kind of moment that I ah, love. Ah, 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 yeah. Ah, 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 ah. Um, but I, and I think even Got Mick would say this, like, not the strongest lip no. syncer compared to the other three, more of a visual artist and now right. a comedian. Mm-hmm. But Rosé certainly had some moments where like, oh, girl, you're selling it. I mean, to me, like, if we're going to talk about, like, this last lip sync as kind of any, you know, uh, setting any precedent, Simone won the lip sync. Simone okay. always wins the lip sync. But Rosé, when they cut to her, especially towards the end and had a couple of moments, I was like, uh, the right song, this mm. bitch could turn it. Oh, I know. I I could have given it to Rosé or Simone. Um, I... There was something about Rosé that just, it was just like, this was perfect. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's a little too perfect. That's what some people would say. But yeah. but Got Mick was, I think, number four in terms of lip sync yep. ability. And then Candy. And then, oh, you know, Candy had the reveal. Candy knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rosé and Simone were just like neck and neck for me. And that's why if it's a lip syncing challenge, it is going to be those top two. Now, if there's any other thing added into it, right? Like if it's what they did with season 12 and there was like, you know, create uh-huh. your own performance here or whatever, then I can see Got Mick, you know, 
pulling up to the to the the, the the station and being like, you know, I'm already a full tank. You don't need to fill me up. You know, yeah, um, she's just gonna yep. kill it. Um, and and so so that's where I see it now. Could Candy come out of left field with a wackadoo performance that's hilarious and because she does that funny drag that RuPaul loves. So you know that funny lip sync. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I right, right. And I, I think that all of like the, the bits that Candy does in a lip sync, the candy bits are lovely, but I I feel like as if, if it is like season twelve where it's like bring your, you know, individual performance, like I think having that time, that preparation, having that ability to kind of produce something, uh, yeah, that's where I think it is definitely down to Got Mick and Simone. Now, what if they don't judge this or crown this winner based on merit do you think so let's say they don't let's say they really go off on the fandom and who they're going to piss off the least mm-hmm. um do you think it's simone or Gottmik? i think that probably i i have not gotten any sense of people disliking or having anything against Got Mick. I feel like there's been a lot of groundswell about Got Mick. I mm. feel like people have found commentary and criticism maybe of Simone. Um, you know, like I just have not seen anyone criticize Got Mick, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I've certainly seen criticisms of Rose and Candy. I wouldn't know what the what the criticisms are of Got Mick. And so I feel like if you're trying to keep everybody happy, um, Got Mick is the one to win. But I think the, the I mean, all of them have a strong fandom. I think, you know, the Simone supporters, Team Simone, I think is very strong. I think it'd be really interesting to see how those hashtags net out in terms of numbers. I think that'll mm. say a lot. But mm. um, I I do think either Simone or Got Mick would be the most agreeable winners of the season. Uh, uh, agreed. Agreed. And again, back to the point that I made earlier, it's like it's a competition. Somebody is going to be butt hurt and they're going to say you only won because of this. It's going to be a, you know, it goes back to the drag of, uh, crystal abasia, Mary. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just that you, you have to protect your ego. You have to protect your own sense of self when your fave doesn't win. And so part of that process is mudslinging. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm going to see it coming and I know it's going to happen. If Simone wins, we're going to get, people saying one thing and if if uh and i hope they don't say it because fuck you and the same with got meg and i hope they don't say it because fuck you it's taking so much away from these people so let's just hope and i know that the hope is you know i i, I know it's like chasing rainbows here but yeah you know uh, it's, it's a yeah. thing with feathers yeah yeah exactly uh, exactly what? but i you know if i'm gonna pick if i'm gonna pick who the show is gonna win i think they're gonna pick simone and who I want to win, I'm. I can't pick between Simone and Got Mick, so I'm picking Candy. Okay, all right. And well, if it's know, a lip sync challenge, Rose's gonna win. I mean, that would be the goop. It mm-hmm. would just be goop and the gag. I mean, goop. if Got Mick, yeah, if Got Mick doesn't win though, Got Mick can come back for All Stars because apparently, right. I was just shocked. It was like you want to do more challenges. Like you guys have <laughs> the longest season. Aren't you tired? <laughs> You know, oh, aren't, aren't you cold to fly? You know, yeah, it's just, right. yeah. The show, if the show paints a narrative of Rosé winning, I would be very surprised. Like if they gave us this episode and then Rosé ends up winning, I would be very surprised. Yeah. But 
I will say, if it comes to a top two, it's going to be Rosé lip-syncing against Simone. And then, you know, they'll probably give it to Simone, even though Rosé, I think, will kill it. And and that will be kind of exciting to see, like, Rosé having the opportunity to produce, if, if there's, like, a sort of, you know, mm. show us your producing. Um, I'd be excited to see Rosé out of the pressure cooker bringing kind of, like, you know, off Drag Race Rosé onto Drag Race. You know, like, sure. I think that would be... Uh, That'd be interesting. Like, I, I don't want it to be too perfect, you know? Right. And don't she's been... chicken all the way, you know? <laughs> don't, don't be pretty. Don't be pretty. Don't be pretty. Yeah, she okay. has been... She is a performer. She is used to performing live. Whereas I think Got Mick, it might, it might rattle his chains a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know Candy will do very well performing live. I don't know about, about Simone. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen her perform and it's been yeah. fabulous. So, I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, we've seen, you know, I was kind of doing the count of like how many times we've seen them just lip sync. You know, we've seen Simone lip sync four times this season. Mm. I think she won every one of her lip syncs. We saw Candy lip sync five times this season. Wow. Um, I don't know if she won every one of them, but Rose <laughs> lip synced three times, which I forgot about because I think two of them, I think, were early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Got Mick, we've only seen lip sync twice the very first episode and the very last episode. And both were underwhelming. Yeah. And and she won the first time against Rosé. Right. right. Not against Rosé. I thought she was. Yeah, I thought that was against. Or no, it was Rosé against Olivia. Excuse me. Yes. Excuse, excuse yes. me. Got Mick uh, was against uh, Tamisha. No. Lala Ree. Oh, Lala Ree. Maybe. Uh, I don't remember, but I'm sure I, I could look it up because I. Yeah. Oh wait, I have Wikipedia in front of me. I don't gotta. I don't have to be silly. It was against Tamisha. They did the pleasure principle. Great. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's Simone. That's Simone. Oh, sorry, sorry. I got it this time. Sorry, I figured it out. Sorry, Mary's. I got mush brain. Got Mick was against Utica, and they did Rumors by Lindsay Lohan, which I. <laughs> love. I love that song. I love. Um, What's that sound in the background, Mary? What's that? It's not I, your cat. No, it's not because I'm not home, which, you know, by the way, an hour and 15 minutes in, folks, if the audio is different, it's because I'm on the road. Uh, it's because I'm in a hotel and the elevator is like right outside my door, uh, So, which is great because I can just leave the door open and just, you know, turn the lights off and, you know, pump and dumps. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Bell hop in, bell hop out. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I I'm excited for the reunion next week. Um, I think, you know, uh, to see Tamisha again will make me very, very happy, especially yeah. if they're, I, I believe they filmed it. No, no, I, I take, I know it is going to be pseudo live, but it will be on screens. It's not going to be there in the same room together. Oh, okay. Mm, I mean, uh, I so yeah. last time we do that is all I have to say about same, that. I'm same. It, it's not my favorite format. Yeah. Same. Yeah, like uh, it's really unfortunate. But uh, so who knows how that reunion is going to go. I am excited to see Tamisha again. I, I want to get caught up with Kamora Hall. You know, there's some people that sure. I want to see again. Um, yeah, it's been years since we've seen some of these queens. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like, Maya, they've grown. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, Mary, do you have any other thoughts before we end some things? No, I think we've covered, we've covered a lot. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how it all nets out in a few weeks (laughs) well Mary's if you have any thoughts you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary you can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com you can email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com or you can uh 
follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also or on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And of course, you can hear more of me on my other podcasts in the details, a celebration of nuance and best supporting podcast, a celebration of best supporting actresses. You can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us, including coming up soon, Drag Race Down Under recaps. And of course, at our only Mary's $10 level, unpopular opinions and unfiltered thoughts on season 13 and more, all at patreon.com slash allrightmary. I love it. This week we have a lip sync for y'all that, I don't know, it's something that I love to lip sync to, but I think fits the amount of tears that happened in this Final Four episode. It's Big Mm. Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Yeah, and uh, and they don't. They really don't. (laughs) Thanks, Valerie Cherry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Doing the prayer hands, yeah. All right, Marys, thanks for your patience on waiting for this episode to come out. And we'll see you in Unpumping Our Opinions if you're there. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. baby. Be with myself in center. Clarity, peace, serenity. I'm walking, I must go alone.